So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important, like the intergenerational community that's at church and the support and encouragement that comes along with that, inspiring music, um, terrible jokes from the pulpit, all of those things. We won't be able to give you any cookies or coffee through your speakers, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a brand new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we encourage you to think for yourself. We don't expect that you will agree with everything we have to say, and we're cool with that. If you want to talk to us about it, listen to the end of the podcast. You'll get our contact information, and we would love to hear from you. But our hope is that you will question, disagree, figure out what you think, and that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris, on Sunday, I preached Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Me too. Yeah. So another another week of double episodes about the same text and slightly yeah. different perspectives and takes. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but this is that famous passage where Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive someone? And Jesus says, 37. It's no. a good prime number. Good prime number. No, no. Jesus Jesus says something different. He says, uh, well, Peter asks, is seven good enough? Is seven good enough? And a seven is an important number for oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's the number of perfection. Divine it sounds like perfection. I, yeah. I just have this idea of Peter just thinking about this, like like pondering this question. And then he goes like, oh, this is the I most, have the best answer. This is the most godly thing I can think yeah, of. Right. Seven. Seven sounds, and that sounds like a really hard, you know, it's hard to get forgive somebody seven times. Yeah, I know. You get tired. And then Jesus gives this answer, this really outsized, extravagant answer. He says. And you'll have, you'll have heard his response a couple of different ways. Right. You'll have either heard seven. Seven, seven or, or 70 times seven. seven. And that's because Greek plus math equals confusing. Yes. And we don't have a clear answer on we that. We don't have a clear answer. Either way, it's a really big number. It's a really big number. And then he says, so he gives us this number and then we then he gives a, a parable. Our mm-hmm. favorite kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I love the parable. Oh, I love a good parable. So it's a, uh, the yeah. Un, yeah. unmerciful servant. Right. Is how it's put in the text. But, but what happens is a man, a, a, a king... Which is really interesting that it's called the king at the beginning of the text, and then then it slips into a different language. It, it slips into Lord, mm-hmm. so it more directly connects it with God, mm-hmm. you know, better than some parables do. Mm-hmm. But so this king calls his slave in to forgive his uh, to 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 make an accounting of his debt. Yeah, he's settling all of his accounts. Settling all of his accounts, and this the man who comes in owes the king ten thousand talents, which. Like, just sounds like a lot of money to us, but we have to understand that this is an immense amount of money, that this is like, like never to be repaid. This is millions. Right. I've seen some translations that say a billion. If he had if he had 100 lifetimes, he would not be able yeah. to pay back this amount of money. Right. Especially if he's a slave. Right. He's not like a highly skilled laborer right. or anything right. like right. that. Right. And it's an overwhelming debt that could not be repaid. And the, the king says, well, I'll sell him and his his wife and his children that doesn't even put a dent in this which is sort of like acceptable but uncommon 
Like, that was one of the things that I read was, like, yeah. to sell off somebody to pay a debt was sort of like, yeah, that was something that you could do. But, but their most children... people just didn't do it. Yeah. Like, most people just kind of went, right. well, whatever. Right. So so what that shows is the master is actually even a little bit stricter than the right. average bear. Right. Yeah. But he forgives... After being begged, he forgives the debt. Mm-hmm. And that man who is now free from this immense load, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this just is like... As I described to my congregation, you know, when you have a debt, you know, it weighs on you. Mm -hmm. And so here's a guy who's been freed from that debt and he goes out, you know, I don't know where he is, but like out into the street and he runs into a guy who owes him, what is it, 20, a hundred denarii, the text says, which Mm -hmm. is like pennies in comparison. Yeah, it's like a quarter. It's like nothing, right? And he has this outsized reaction and he like grabs the guy by the throat and like, Throws him in jail until he can pay him the money. Yeah, he's vicious. Like, like, he's the total opposite of what he has just experienced. And, of course, this gets back to the king. The king, hearing about this, has the man uh, thrown in jail and tortured until he can pay the debt, which is never. Which is never. Here is Peter asking this question, a very human question. You know, how do I, per- how do, I do this perfectly? Mm-hmm. Right? How do, I, how do I fulfill this requirement Jesus. I want to be the head of the class. I want to be the head of the class. I also want to make sure that there are rules and boundaries around this because I'm bound by those, right? Right. Yeah. It really, it helps me to have structure. Right. I need structure, Jesus. Give me some structure about this. Jesus's answer is about the bigger picture. Yeah. Jesus isn't talking about, you know, our perfect interaction. Like, Mm -hmm. Like he's not saying you need to keep a tablet, you know, a piece of paper for everybody you know, and only forgive them 77 times. Yeah, for the things they ask forgiveness for, or up to 77 77 times times. or whatever. Right, like, you're not like, oh my gosh, Shally, I've had to forgive her for 76 times. The next time I just don't have to do it. I'm cutting her out. Right? Yeah. What Jesus is saying is, is the practice of forgiveness it needs to be so ingrained that you lose count. Yeah. Right? Like that you that you lose count about forgiveness, especially within the beloved community. Right. So the text uses the word church. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no church yet when Peter's yeah. talking. So it's it's the idea of, of community. We're in relationship to one another. And yeah. how do we do this? So the preceding text is the conversation about how we deal with conflict within the community. We confront one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we bring witnesses uh, if that doesn't work. And if that doesn't work, we go to the whole community. So here, so, so what Jesus is saying is, is that forgiveness is just required. Yeah. Not timing, not, doesn't have bounds on on whether you have to have uh, asked for forgiveness. You know, we have this argument going on or whether we're enabling somebody or not. Mm-hmm. Jesus is just like the forgiveness thing. It's, it's just, just a given. It's just a given. And and Jesus is taking the 20 yard stare, right? Like he's like, look, you know, he's 2000 feet in the air looking down at us and looking at ants, right? Mm-hmm. And putting human forgiveness in relationship to divine forgiveness, in other words, that the call for us is to forgive one another because God forgives us. Right. This is why it it really kind of, it always annoys me a little bit when people say, they joke around, but you know, that you can tell they're not really joking. And they say, well, that's why I'm going to hell. Right. It really bothers me actually, because they don't understand this. Like right. they don't understand that, like, you know, they think that they've, they're so bad that God could never right. possibly Or this one action or, is enough. You know, and... And so, you know, like, you know, swearing, particularly right. like spouses of people who go to mm-hmm. church use mm-hmm. it as like a weapon. And it, right. it's like they're saying your God, your God is judgmental. Right. And I'm going, you don't know my God, do you? You don't know my God, because do you? Yeah. My God doesn't, 
Right. It, my God, God is not hurt by you not going to church. My God is not offended by the things that you think are are bad because you said a bad word or you right. thought a bad thought or you cracked a dirty joke. Right. Like well, my God's not that fragile. <laughs> and the fact that people are like, well, that's why I'm going to hell. And I'm like, you, you have no idea what kind of yeah. a badass we're dealing with. with right. Well, and we're, the badass who can say to us again and again, Every time, you know, even the times where we're willfully oblivious, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're just like not, we're intentionally not going to do anything, pay attention, deal with. And God says, no, 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 no. Nice try. I still want to be in relationship with you. Yeah, nice try. I still think you're a beloved, you're my beloved child. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like they're saying, well, God has already rejected me, but really it's them who's rejecting God. And so they're abdicating any agency that they have in the relationship. Right. And so they're being jerks and then they're doubly being jerks by saying, well, the other person's being a jerk. Like, well, it's, that's, it's the same kind of argument we get, you know, when we get in conflict with somebody, well, they did this. Yeah, exactly. Right? They started it. They started it. Whereas we have to take agency about what we have done. Yeah. That's a lot of, I think what Jesus is trying to get out here is like, own your stuff. Mm-hmm. Own the ability to say. Yeah. Don't just look at other people critically. Right. And own your ability to say, I forgive you. Yeah. The story I shared isn't about forgiveness in the context of community. It was about a relationship I had. I had a roommate in college, mm-hmm. senior year of college. And um, as we became roommates, I didn't realize what was happening in her life because I was young and stupid. Of course. Right. And I didn't know this, you know, see the signs of what might affect my life. And um, so she had this year where where she was coming out. She was... Uh, which is hugely stressful. Which is hugely stressful. And particularly because this was when? This is in the 90s. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal for her family. It was in San Francisco. But, so but it, was it wasn't San bit... Francisco. We, we already had friends, you know. Yeah. But it was, you know, but it's still like you know, rearranging your identity. Yeah. It really, really. It's rearranging your identity. And it's still not, it wasn't as acceptable as it is now. It wasn't as normalized. It wasn't as normalized, but it also wasn't like, it, it maybe, maybe, maybe actually the reality is, is that there weren't examples of it. Yeah, there weren't like, stories. Like, how do you do that? We and, need and, stories, yeah. And, and and maybe there weren't that many in her life. I knew a lot more folks mm-hmm. who had already come out than yeah. she did. Like, so I was involved was like, in a community and? with, yeah. <laughs> I was involved in a church community that had folks and, you know, that kind of thing. That was her process. And one of the ways she dealt with that was to overspend. Oh. So. So on top of having stress about her identity, she also had literal debt. Literal debt, right? And then that meant I had problems because she didn't have rent money. Yeah. And even even 20 years ago, rent in San Francisco was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what we paid for rent for that crazy apartment was crazy. So two or three times over the year, um, I guess it was like three times, the rent check bounced. She sort of abandoned the friendship in the midst of that. And, you know, there's all those pieces, right? Yeah. And so we're finally moving out. And that's the last time we talked. Yeah. And she owed me money at the time. Uh And I don't know about you, but being 22 and having, you know, 500 bucks was a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So when the landlord returned the deposit, he called me up because I was the person he saw all the time because I was the person who would have to deliver the check when it bounced. And I'd have to deliver a new check. and. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. And he called me and I was like, you know, she, well, she owes me the money. And he's like, oh, I'll just send it to you. <laughs> I'll send it to you? Yeah, he sent he sent the whole deposit to me. Oh, okay. So in the end, she didn't owe me any money because okay. I had her deposit. But, you know, it damaged our friendship. Like, we didn't talk. I mean, we had been, like, practically best friends. 
And it was 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Right about the last time I preached this text. Oh, wow. It was really, it was a really weird week, right? Like you're preaching, you're reading about forgiveness and you get this, I got this email that it was a Facebook message, I think. And so 15 years later, she's calling me, she's, she's writing me and she says, what do I owe you? Oh, wow. And I say nothing. All is forgiven. Right. Mm -hmm. And the moment I was able to say that, to have that interaction, I felt it. Right. And, you know, it didn't mean that our relationship is perfect and we're best friends again or anything like that, but it it leaves a door open in a way that wasn't there. Right. And when we think about doing that in community, when Jesus is talking about that, we can, we can forgive people so that we can come back into right relationship. And it doesn't mean we have to do it immediately, but we need to be moving in that direction. Yeah. We need to be letting, chipping away at that, um, not not holding on to this backpack of rocks, but to be able to be able to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. I was joking in one of my services on Sunday. You know, Jesus was was realizing what it was like to be married when he said, "You needed to forgive seventy times, seven times." <laughs> like, <laughs> or to a be, parent, <laughs> or to be a parent, or to be a twenty-two-year-old, yeah. right? Because it's it's our, it's our experience of how we live in the world that helps us get there. And, yeah. and, and if we're not trying to get there. Yeah. And practicing means, you know, admitting that there are times when you have been hurt and mm-hmm. you actually need to forgive. Yes. I was looking at this article online when I was prepping for the sermon and they were talking about the difference between decisional forgiveness and emotional hmm. forgiveness. And so they were saying, oh, I, I mean, I'll get into some of the stats in my sermon, but the thing that was fascinating to me was that they were saying they separated out the two. So like that what it's do possible they mean by dis- to behave as if you have forgiven somebody, oh, okay. even if you're not feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that can contribute to you feeling it, but that the feeling it, that emotional mm-hmm. forgiveness that you were talking about feeling when you yeah. finally had the chance to reconnect to her, Yeah, that that's one of the things that it gets really hard to access when you're cut off from somebody, yeah. whether you've cut them off or they've cut you off. Like you can say, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold on to that anymore, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it doesn't still hurt. And, and having that lane open, that window open right. um, helps us to get to the emotional part of that, which is actually the bigger burden I think to re- right. to relieve. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say, I want to say too, that there are situations where forgiveness does not equal relationship. Right. Of course. No, there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Right. Yeah. And that we have to be really clear about that because our culture has decided that those two things are the same and that mm-hmm. I can say, I'm sorry, and you have to be in relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And that's not actually what, what happens and how we live it. The, but we're talking about is, is those places that are healthy in other ways mm-hmm. where, where we have done the human thing of bumping up against one another. Right. Or even, I mean, even in a, in an unhealthy situation, Forgiveness, you can let go of what has happened, not admitting that it's right. You can let right. go of what oh, has yes. happened and still choose not to return to the same cycle. Exactly. That's right? what I'm, yes. Yeah, that sometimes yes. you can, you can still and, make and a And sometimes that choice. means the door has to stay shut, that there can't be a channel. Right. Because the other person can't handle that. Right, exactly. And you can only control well, you can, what you have. Yeah, your responses. Your responses. And, and you know, your offense, you know, in some, some ways. I got tested on that big time this week. Uh, of course, you know, you're prepping a sermon on forgiveness. And of course, the person that has you the most. terrorized you uh-huh. <laughs> enters your life again in a way that you weren't expecting. And you get to decide, mm-hmm. you know, you get to decide what you're going to do in that moment. Yeah. I, it was it was easy for me to say, oh, I'm not emotionally wrapped up in this anymore. That was forgievness, right? I'm yeah. not emotionally wrapped, wrapped up, up in this. That. 
But that doesn't mean that this, it was a person who walked into the church. That doesn't mean you get to come into my church. And that doesn't mean I have to, yeah, have to be here. We we set our conditions for like, if you want to continue to be a part of the community, here are the conditions. If you can't meet those conditions, you're not welcome. And so it was, you're not welcome. But it didn't have a, there was no emotional angst for me, which was lovely. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so that's what we talked about and talked about, you know, the practice and the, Mm -hmm. and the needing to be in the midst of that. And that sometimes we got to keep trying. Yeah. You know, you well, do it perfectly. I think we talked about this in, in the rejection episode that you did during Advent mm-hmm. about how do you, you, you know, that it is a practice. Right. right. That you have to sometimes do it over and over and over, and and over, over again. again. Yeah. And then that's part of what Jesus is saying, right? Like, yeah. if you just tried it seven times, it's not habit yet. It's not the core of your being yet. You're just dipping your toe in right. it. Right? right. So try it again. Well, so... Awesome. Well, thanks. And thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about today, you can shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleep In, or you can find us at sundaymorningsleepin.com. Every blog post has links to the stuff that we've been talking about, including the scripture. So it's real easy for you to access uh, the scripture for this podcast was Matthew 18, 21 to 35. And that the music that you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And we end every podcast and every worship service we lead with a benediction, a Sunday and Fourth. And my Sunday and Fourth for you this day is to remember that you are a beloved child of God and that God loves you no matter what. And there's nothing you can do about it. And, but because of that, sometimes we are called to more. We are called to more forgiveness than we can imagine at this point, and we are called to more love and grace and mercy than we can conceive of coming from us. But let's go try it. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm.